Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and thank you for listening to Frontline with me, Jerome Starkey. Ukraine has been hit by North Korean missiles in two of the biggest bombardments since the start of the war. We're in Kharkiv again, and this is the scene of yet another Russian strike. My name is Jerome Starkey. I'm the defense editor at The Sun newspaper, and this is the latest roundup of the most important news from the war in Ukraine. We're going to start with these two missile bombardments either side of New Year's Day, which have been the deadliest uh, since the war began almost two years ago. U.S. officials have said that they believe North Korean missiles were included in the barrage of more than 300 missiles and 200 drones fired over two days on the night of the 29th of December and the night of the 2nd of January. Ukrainian officials say more than 50 people killed and at least 160 people injured. Many of those missiles were shot down, uh, including the largest flight of Hinzal hypersonic missiles. Those are Russia's most sophisticated, advanced uh, missiles that in theory can maneuver at enormous speed. Uh, but so far, Ukrainian officials insist all of the Hinzals fired uh, since US Patriot air defense systems arrived uh, Ukrainian officials say the Patriots have shot the Kinzels down. Nonetheless, John Kirby, the spokesman for the uh, National Security Council in America, described the inclusion of North Korean ballistic missiles as a, a worrying escalation, uh, a sign that Russia is managing to get its hands on more advanced weapons. It comes at the time we understand separately Moscow is also pressing on with talks with Iran to get its hands on Iranian ballistic missiles as well. Now what does this show us? Well in one sense it confirms what we've already known which is that Russian stockpiles of weapons particularly of its most advanced sophisticated and expensive weapons are depleting and that's because Russia is firing so many of them and it's because Russia is struggling to uh, reproduce them, to manufacture them because many of those weapons rely on imported parts and those parts have become harder to get hold of because of sanctions. Nonetheless, you'll remember that at the end of last year, North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un travelled to Russia, met President Vladimir Putin, and it would appear that the fruits of that meeting are beginning to arrive in Russia's arsenal. We're seeing uh, at least one North Korean missile, according to John Kirby, according to the White House, fired on the night of the 
29th of December. Now that he said that missile had a range of around 900 kilometers. It was fired in a southwesterly direction from uh, a ground-based launcher in Russian territory and it landed in a field near Zaporizhia. Heartening in one sense, it appears that the missile did not reach its target, but Kirby warned that North Korea and Russia would learn from these firings. Uh, a few days later, several missiles fired. He said the US was still analyzing uh, information about where those missiles may have been aimed at and what they may have hit. The White House didn't say what kind of missiles North Korea had provided, but it did say that it had intelligence that North Korea had given Russia several missiles and several missile launchers. The primary concern appears to be that this is a boost to Russia's uh, stockpile, a boost to the number of missiles that it may be able to unleash uh, against Ukraine. The next thing I wanted to talk about today is the way that Ukraine has been striking back. Since our last update, there have been a number of uh, really interesting uh, developments. Perhaps the most dramatic is the uh, destruction of another Rapucha-class uh, landing ship, the Novocherask, uh, in an eastern port in occupied Crimea, so on the far side of Crimea from the territory that Ukraine's armed forces currently uh, control. This was a ship that had been uh, damaged before in the war, uh, appeared to have been in dock for repairs and hit by, we think, cruise missiles. This would bring to at least 13 the number of Russian warships and, of course, a submarine that have been destroyed uh, since the start of the war almost two years ago. A uh, significant result for Ukraine. Uh, we've also seen in the last couple of days footage which appears to show a Sukhoi 34, an Su-34 fighter bomber aircraft on fire at an airfield more than a thousand miles inside Russian territory. The suggestion from Ukrainian officials that this was uh, the result of Ukrainian saboteurs showing once again their ability to strike deep inside Russian soil. And only today the latest news is of more explosions in occupied Crimea, uh, both in Yevpateria and in Sebastopol, so on the uh, southern tip of the peninsula and on the western uh, edge not so far away. These strikes, it's not clear what they've hit yet, but in the past what we have seen is strikes against command posts, strikes against uh, anti-air defences to try and cripple, limit Russia's ability to defend the peninsula. That is then often followed by more attacks against the high-value targets like the ships, the submarine, and as we've seen, the headquarters of Russia's uh, Black Sea. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. ...the naval headquarters in Sebastopol. The final thing I really want to talk about today is an element, is good news. Uh, there has been a significant prisoner swap, the, uh, one of the largest prisoner swaps of the war, uh, some almost 500 soldiers uh, being returned to their native countries. That was uh, 230 Ukrainian prisoners, mostly military, a handful of civilians uh, returned to Ukraine, 248 Russians uh, returned to Russia. And it brings to nearly 3,000 uh, the number of Russian soldiers who've been returned from Ukraine over the course of the conflict. This swap was significant not only because of its size, but also because it was uh, the first big prisoner swap since August. And the, the, the talks, the sort of background talks between uh, Russia and Ukraine that facilitate uh, these swaps have been under uh, some strain. Uh, Ukraine thanked the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, for the part that it played in facilitating these negotiations. While we're on uh, the subject of negotiations. Perhaps one other thing uh, to mention is an ongoing discussion that's bubbling around at the moment over whether or not uh, Ukraine missed an opportunity to make peace with Russia in the first few weeks of the war. Now, this this uh, this theory, this narrative, focuses on talks that were taking place in Istanbul between Ukrainian and Russian uh, negotiators. Uh, on the 29th of March, uh, so just a couple of months after Russia unleashed its full-scale invasion. Russia and Vladimir Putin have, have repeatedly claimed uh, that these talks had effectively reached an agreement. Uh, it was at that point that Russia, uh, certainly this is what the Russians say, uh, agreed to withdraw their troops uh, from around Kyiv. They claim that uh, Ukraine somehow appeared to renege on its agreement and then decided to fight on. Um, significantly, about 10 days after those talks, uh, Britain's former Prime Minister Boris Johnson arrived in Kyiv. He was one of the first uh, heads of government to visit President Zelensky in Kyiv. There's a suggestion from Russia that America uh, and possibly also Britain were instrumental in uh, encouraging Ukraine to fight on rather than make peace. However, from what I can tell, uh, there was a combination uh, of factors. Uh, Ukraine, for a start, has been adamant that no agreement was reached, no commitments were made. And of course, what happened is as Russian soldiers retreated from Kyiv, this wasn't necessarily a retreat they made uh, as they claimed as a gesture of free will. It, they made that retreat because their uh, assault on Kyiv was in chaos. 
Uh, they'd had that 40-mile convoy that had been bogged down in mud. Uh, they'd lost huge numbers of armoured vehicles and troops from harassing uh, and guerrilla-style attacks from the Ukrainians. They were forced to retreat. And as they did, as the Ukrainians reclaimed those northwestern suburbs of Kyiv, places like Bucha, Borodyanka, Erpin, but particularly Bucha, uh, the atrocities that they uncovered made the prospects of negotiations uh, with the Russians uh, untenable. I mean, that was the, certainly uh, the message coming out of President Zelensky, who described what had happened as a genocide. And a report in the Wall Street Journal from a very well-informed journalist suggests that when Boris Johnson visited uh, Zelensky, the message he gave was pretty clear, which was that it is entirely up to the Ukrainians to make the decision as to whether or not they want to fight on. But if they did fight on, then Britain would be ready to support them uh, 100%. As ever, thank you very much for your questions. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you have questions, please uh, write them in the comments below and we'll endeavour to answer them next time. Some of the questions from the last episode, uh, a few questions in fact have focused on losses, Russian losses, uh, numbers of losses and why there appears to be a discrepancy between the figures uh, put out by the Ukrainian government and the figures shared by uh, Western officials, both in the United States and the United Kingdom and elsewhere. Uh, the current Ukrainian estimate of Russian losses stands at about 360,000. Uh, the last time I heard uh, an estimate of Russian losses from senior British officials, uh, it was at about, they estimated Russia had lost about 300,000. Now, there is a bit of a discrepancy what most of this tends to be, uh, the, one of the questions is, is, is Ukraine overstating them? Uh, are the West being overcautious? There's probably a little bit of that, uh, but one of the things to point out is that these figures, it's not always clear whether these figures are referring to soldiers killed in action or a combination of killed and wounded in action. Um, Ukraine talks about combat losses. Often uh, a soldier who is wounded is effectively a combat loss because he or she uh, cannot rejoin the fight. So whilst there is a discrepancy, it's not perhaps as large as people think. Uh, the Western estimates that I've heard, as I said, 300,000 Russian losses and perhaps around 80,000 of those are soldiers who've been killed in action. But, you know, that figure I'm referring to uh, is a few weeks old and indeed US officials have said recently they think at least 13,000 Russian soldiers have been killed, not just wounded, killed uh, in the ongoing uh, assault on Avdivka in eastern Ukraine. Avdivka appearing to be another Bakhmut in that sense, a place where Russia is expending huge resources, particularly human resources, but military material as well as it tries to take uh, a town in the eastern Donbass. Uh, second question today is about China's relationship with Russia and whether or not China is supplying weapons. You may remember a few weeks before Russia invaded Ukraine, Vladimir Putin met Xi Jinping, uh, China's premier, and uh, they announced a friendship with no limits. And what's become clear since the invasion uh, is that Russia has pushed that friendship very much to its limits. Russia was hoping uh, that China would furnish it with arms, uh, with ammunition. We, we understand there has been some supply of weapons from China to Russia, but certainly, or at least uh, it doesn't appear to be at a level which Western officials say is changing uh, the nature of the conflict or tipping it decisively in Russia's favour. So whilst uh, Beijing appears to be sort of hedging its bets, 
giving Russia weapons, uh, but not giving them enough to sort of invoke the anger of uh, the West. Third and final question today is about, uh, you know, how this conflict is likely to evolve and specifically uh, if Ukraine were to get the 500,000 extra troops which President Zelensky has said his military commanders want and if it was to get the uh, aid from both the United States and Europe uh, which it wants, aid which is currently sort of held up in administrative hurdles, political hurdles in Washington and in Brussels, is there any guarantee that in six months' time uh, the situation would be any different to what it is now? I mean, crucially, I think that, you know, the question was, would it be uh, less desperate? Well, there is no guarantee. Um, what we're seeing is, from both sides, is an effort to find new sources of resources uh, to fight the conflict. In many ways, as we've said before, the conflict on the ground, on the battlefield, has reached a sort of stalemate. That's a characterization President Zelensky has repeatedly uh, rejected, but it is a characterization that many, uh, indeed his own military and independent military analysts, uh, would probably agree with. Potentially, uh, large numbers of troops, new weapons, uh, new technology might be able to tip the conflict in one side's favour or another. But we know General Zeluzhny, Ukraine's general, has said he doesn't think that there will be a clean and beautiful breakthrough. He doesn't think necessarily that the technology exists uh, to create that sort of overwhelming change in uh, the balance on the battlefield. More likely then is that this is a war of attrition, uh, both attrition of resources and attrition of will. Um, Russia certainly shows no sign at the moment of any let-up in its ambition or its will, uh, nor does Ukraine, where both sides are struggling is in resourcing their armies. Uh, and we know that um, there's about $60 billion of US aid, which has been held up by uh, US Republicans, objections from US Republicans uh, in Washington. Uh, there is a um, about a a similar quantity of uh, aid in Europe, which has been held up by objections from Hungary. Those are the problems. Those remain uh, significant challenges for Ukraine. I've said many times before, the greatest threat to Ukraine remains the resolve of its international allies. Thank you again for watching and listening. As I said before, if you do have any questions, please ask them in the comments below the YouTube video and we'll endeavor to answer them uh, next time.